I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The reading from James this week continues on from last week. Uh, James, uh, I, I love James, he really lets you have it. He's a fire and brimstone preacher. His main point is you're doing it all wrong and you've got to get it right, and so he's carrying on in that vein today. And he talks about your quarrels and your dissensions, and where does it come from? It comes from the fact that you desire the wrong things. Your, your greed and your envy are, are, are consuming you, and so you quarrel and you fight. Um, and, and it's a pretty straightforward point. It's, there's not much to add to that. James kind of lays it out there. But there's an interesting connection. Um, I wonder if you could turn me down a little bit. I'm getting some feedback there. Um, there's an interesting connection, thank you, uh, between that reading and the gospel reading, in which you have three little pieces that are put together in Mark um, that make an interesting reflection on that reading from James. In the, the three parts of the, the, the gospel pericope that we have today is the first where Jesus goes on again from last week saying once again that the Son of Man will be killed and after three days rise again. And of course in, in Mark's gospel the disciples never know what he's talking about. So uh, again, I like Mark. John's gospel, everyone is on the inside. We know what he's, and it's all those other people that don't understand Jesus. But in Mark's gospel, it's the disciples that don't get Jesus. So Jesus is way out ahead of his followers and he's trying to bring them along and they're totally clueless. So he's telling them about the crucifixion and the resurrection, and they're still not getting it. And then, then, then he turns and asks them, well, what were you talking about on the road? And then they're all embarrassed because they were arguing about who was better. And so here we have the link to James. They're quarreling, they're fighting, and it's coming from envy and selfish ambition. I'm the better disciple. No way, I'm the better disciple. Or as my favorite bumper sticker says, Jesus loves everyone, but I'm his favorite. So... So, that's, so the, the disciples are caught red-handed, and they're, they're still getting it wrong. Classic Mark. The disciples are still getting it wrong. And so then we get to the teaching, which is if anybody wants to be first, they must be last. If anybody wants to be great, they must be the least. And so you have this upside-down kingdom of God vision that Jesus presents to them. And then he finishes it up with this thing with a child. He takes a child, and he uh, embraces the child, and he says, whoever welcomes one such as this welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. And so you have the, the whole thing brought to a, a, a nice close with this image of the child. And again, I like Mark. Um, my, my, uh, my New Testament prof said, John is obvious. Mark is subtle. Uh, John tells you, blah, 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 I am this, I am that, I am the other thing. And in Mark, it's always hinted at, and, and, uh, and that's part of Mark's style. In this case, you could say that Matthew is obvious, Mark is subtle, because this same story also appears in Matthew. And in Matthew, what you have is, if anyone become like a child, then, you know, unless you become like a child, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. That's the Matthew version. In Mark's version, there's none of that, but what you have is this embrace of the child, which only appears in Mark. And so why did Mark say he embraced the child? What's that about? There's something going on here that, that is being hinted at. And that's where I think Mark is saying the same thing as Matthew, but again, in a more subtle way. That embrace of the child is, is an enfolding, an inward movement. And so the child is about something not just on the outside, but on the inside. And so, sure, 
this particular passage is a great argument text for wars about children in church. So sure, you could use it that way. I don't think that's really what it was intended for, however. So the, the, um, the, 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 the enfolding, the bringing of the child in and talking about welcoming the child, being a welcoming of Jesus, is, is something about, about the quality that a child has that is, and, and the welcoming of that quality that is the entry point into the presence of Jesus. And when you combine it with this, this contrast with the disciples quarreling about who is the greater, and you, and you again listen to the, the James story about the, 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 the selfish desires and the, the selfish ambition and the envy that causes quarreling, um, you, you start to get this picture of this child being, uh, being the antithesis of that. Now, on, on one hand, you can do it from an external perspective, and you can say that uh, if you're quarreling about who's the greatest, then that's an argument about who sits where and who do you welcome among you, and you want to welcome the great people among you, and the child is, a, is the antithesis of the great person who you welcome among you. The child is not a celebrity, they're not a CEO, they're not a, a government official, they're a child. They have nothing to offer you. They do nothing for you. They just come into your presence and are themselves. And if you're able to welcome that, then you have changed your perspective into welcoming someone for who they are as opposed to for what they can do for you, which is that narcissistic perspective which gets you into the selfish ambition and the quarreling and so forth. And when you start to relate to others, in, not in terms of what they can do for you, but in terms of who they are, you start to welcome Jesus among you. But then we take that subtle point of Marx and we go inside. And here is where I think it, 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 it goes really, really deep because in, in that, that desire for peace amongst us as human beings, we're never going to get there as long as we are still trying to put ourselves first. And you can, you can hear that in an obvious sense, but we are very subtle about that. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the, the classic passive-aggressive move. No, 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 it's fine, I'll be fine. Right? Where, where you're, you're taking the high road, no, no, I'm not fighting, I'm not arguing, no, I'm bigger than that, I'm okay. You, you do you, I'll do me. And the, the message underneath there is, I am so much better than you. I, I am winning so hard right now. Right? So, so, you, so it has the appearance of being the lesser and the least and the, taking a back seat, but the substance is still protecting yourself from that um, from that sense of being less than. It's still a, com a competition, and you're still in it, and you're still very much in it to win it. And I've, I've come to the view very strongly that the way our personalities develop in childhood, that, that we have a, a, a sort of a, a, a childish heart that gets buffeted about by life. We experience hardship and pain and our families aren't the way we want them to be and our school isn't the way we want it to be and life isn't the way we want it to be and people are awful to us. And so we build up this armor around our heart which is called our personality. It's our, it's our coping strategy tool set. And we use these strategies and we cope and it works. That's why we build it up and it does protect us from harm. And, but then by the time we become an adult, that, that armor is so solid, it becomes a problem when we are trying to enter into the presence of God. So part of the journey of spiritual growth is to break down that armor again. It, it serves a purpose, and we need it. And there are people who would hurt us, and so we need those coping strategies. I'm not, I'm not saying to be inappropriately vulnerable in inappropriate places. 
But I am saying if we want to move from being quarrelsome to being a people of peace, we have to be able to get through the armor because the armor starts to call the shots. It, we start to relate through the armor and to the armor and not to the child that's at the heart of each and every one of us. The child that just says, I'm lonely, I'm hurting, I'm happy, I'm sad, I just want to be around you today, that's it. And it's goofy and it's weird and it doesn't come out sounding good, but it's real. Um, certainly the most, uh, the most effective tool in conflict resolution is to talk to each of the warring parties and saying, how are you feeling and why does it matter? And usually if you do your work, you get down to the child on the inside, not the, not the adult on the outside that has every kind of reason and justification. You can take, it, it, and it can be from the, from the peace in the Middle East question to the which way the toilet paper roll goes in the house. So it's the same mechanism. I can give you every argument about why I'm right, about why the toilet paper goes this way and not that way. Because um, there is a right answer and I know what it is. <laughs> but that's not really what's going on if we get into it. What's really going on is how I'm feeling um, either valued or not valued in the relationship. Why am I fighting about a toilet paper roll? Well, because I'm feeling like my ideas or my feelings or my, my needs are not being met in other parts of the household, and so I'm making a stand here. It's the toilet paper roll that gets the big argument because I can't even bear or, or, or I, I can't even um, have the courage to start speaking about all this other stuff that's making me feel sad and hurt and lonely and unappreciated or whatever it else whatever else it is that's going on. So I fight about the toilet paper roll. And if you fight about the toilet paper roll long enough, you'll start to hear all the other things that <laughs> is part of, part of the problem here. I thought we were fighting about a toilet paper roll and you're talking about my mother? <laughs> and, and it's getting to the child that allows the potential for peacemaking and getting past that armor because the arguments are protecting us. The arguments mean that we are right and the other person is wrong and I have a right to my feelings and, I, and I'm justified in my views and my positions and I am valuable as a human being because my positions are so right. But if we get rid of that armor and welcome and embrace the child, we get to the fact, well, I just feel bad and I don't know why. And it's a childish thing to say, but it's more true than the toilet paper goes this way. The, the, Embracing the child is welcoming Christ. It is the pathway into the kingdom of God between us as human beings. And not everybody is on that page. And sometimes you're willing to do that and the other person's not and it's not going to work. But when all of us together make that commitment, whether in the home, in the church community, in our workplaces, when you just say, okay, I'm, I'm not feeling good and you're not feeling good, so take my heart, I'm putting my heart on the table. There it is. So tell me about your heart. Put that on the table. And it's the child that gets to talk to the child. The child in me talks to the child in you. And that is when we start to become able to see each other as God sees us, the children of God that we are, because there are no bad children. Children are children. We make the bad decisions. Children make bad decisions. I'm not, I don't have any rose-colored glasses. I was a child. I made bad decisions. I had, had children. They made bad decisions. Um, but the child is a child. And when you get to that child, that is a beautiful thing just by itself. They don't have to earn it. They just are it. And each one of us is that child. You are 
more beautiful and lovable than you know. And the way into that is to start getting past that armor and embrace the child as Jesus embraced the child in his midst. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.